Welcome everybody to the EU Euphoria podcast available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe. We're going to keep doing this every week. You can get notified when it goes live. Hopefully at 5 p.m. every Wednesday. That's European time. But sometimes we accidentally Ooh, publish that was at 7 a.m. Yeah. So be you, prepared. You didn't have to give a time there, man. <laughs> now now we're forced to always release it at 5 well, on Wednesday. I am trying to keep it consistent. I want to set an expectation for people. We're going to follow through. Call us out if we mess it up. I'm Dracos, one of your hosts. Deficio is here. He's your other host. We're going to be talking about all things EULCS. We've got overhyped, underrated. Instead of power rankings this week, we're going to be doing some playoff predictions. We're going to be doing some quick shots. That's our quick fire prediction segment. And our topics of the day are Splice and a little bit about our guest, none other than Kasing. Welcome, Kasing. Hello. <laughs> you know, Kasing. Um, you laugh at everything. You do. This is going to be a long episode with a lot of laughing. It's going to be very fun. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, seriously, people love you. Uh, when we asked on Reddit who we should get next, Kasing. Like, I think like 90% of the comments were like, Kasing, 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 Kasing. And then there were a bunch of like, uh, get upset to talk about his performance. And then it was like, Kasing, 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 Kasing. So even when I asked on Twitter, you know, you actually even trolled people and said no after. <laughs> I will reveal, I'd already talked to him beforehand and said, do you want to do this? He was no, like, yes, no, I didn't. Please, please put me on. I also want to be like reckless and be on Euphoria. And I was oh like, okay, God. Kasing, fine, fine. We're going to put you on. Uh, and then even uh, Twitter wanted Kasing here. So we are very honored to have you. Yeah, And we want to talk about your team. That's very that's mediocre. True. But that's not, <laughs> the, <laughs> that is not right. the number one question that people asked. Uh, so me, me and Martin are in the dark. We're ignorant here. Uh, talk to us about Nando's. The cheeky Nando's. <laughs> okay, so... Ex- what is this? Why are people so excited about this? Why is this... Only your, British people. Only British people. What is this? I mean, it's like... Okay, it's pretty much like a chicken restaurant, right? Yeah. Where, where you go that get, like, good chicken. But actually, well, some people may say it's not good chicken, but it's mainly the sauce that makes it good. Like, going to Nando's anyway. And, yeah, pretty much it's one of those places that you can just go to with, like, maybe a date or whatever. So oh it's so it's date quality. It's I thought it was like KFC quality. It was like fast food. I mean it kind of is, but a bit higher class. So I don't want to like make hmm. this the cheeky or the name. Is it called Nando's? Yeah, yeah it's, and then it's, it's, it's a cheeky. Nando's. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But the cheeky part, like it's whoa. it's just like you know, you <laughs> it's a way to break the ice, basically. You know, just you know, go to a cheeky Nando's and then right, right, yeah. Do you take the do you take a girl there? Or do you take the lads there? I mean, you can take both if you like. I, I, <laughs> don't, want to, I don't want this to be like the the, the Nando's promotional podcast, but sell. <laughs> but sell, how convince me? Why would I take someone to Nando's? Because I mean, so far all I've heard is the sauce is good and the chicken's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like it's it's good. Like it's it has everything: fries, you know, chicken, it has garlic bread, it has everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We don't have it here in Germany, do we? No, no we don't no, have it here no. in Germany. No cheeky Nando's in Germany. Saddest part is I've been to the UK multiple times. I've been told to go every time I go, and I've never gone. I mean, mm. it's pretty, like, how do I say it? It's not expensive. It's pretty good for what you're paying for, and okay, it's quite a lot, cool. too. Now, the other thing that uh, I think people miss when they see you on stage is you no longer bring a pillow. Now, I don't know why you brought a pillow in the first place. I wasn't a Europe fan back in the day because I was a diehard CLG fan like the idiot that I am. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a bet on the wrong horse, right? But... <laughs> I have a lot of losses there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I set myself up for disappointment. Bit of a masochist. Um, this was the Vitality days. Or was it H2K days? The pillow was forever. The man. pillow was since there, since H2K. And then it was there for Vitality too. Yeah. 
But the thing is, in like H2K, there was these certain pillows back then where they had like, uh, it was like two black ones, two small, like rectangular black ones that were actually pretty good. But then they changed it when I was in Vitality. Like one was hard and one was soft. I think I mentioned it quite clearly in a mic check. Um, Interesting. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they like, they then they changed the pillow when I was in Vitality to like a barren pillow. And then that ever since then, oh. the barren pillow was so easy for me because like the desk or the stage desk back then was too high for me. And the, the chair would not go higher, right? Oh. So I needed a pillow to actually like be able to play properly. Otherwise, my hand would be like this. And that's the main reason for why I had he a pillow. He just held his hands up really high, like Thriller Dance style. Or like a think raptor, of, yeah, like, basically. <laughs> that's the image I want you to think of, is kissing at the desk, propped so, up against it like a raptor. Because I think a lot of people had the question regarding you and these pillows, and maybe I'm the only one who had that question of like, is kissing, is he a diva? You know, is this just a thing? No, I'm not he, a princess. You're not a, okay, <laughs> so just short. you are not doing it because you wanted to be annoying. <laughs> because just I, like Asian jeans. I mean, for, for this split... Um, I heard a rumor that uh, you, for the first few weeks, played with a French keyboard on stage. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, apparently, apparently I had it for like two weeks or three weeks, but I really don't think I did because I always look at my keyboard and I know where my buttons are. Like, I can see physically, like, Q-W-E-R and A-S-D-F was not on that keyboard I played on that day. Okay. But and my enter key was like entre in French or some shit. Okay, but I want to keep in mind, people. The peripherals for teams are like in a sealed locker that only the team gets to access on the days they play. So in order to heist Kissing out of a keyboard, yeah. someone would have to break into the splice locker <laughs> and replace his but the, but the English keyboard with a French keyboard. <laughs> the weird part is okay. So I said okay, if I can't use my main, if my main keyboard's in French, my backup mm. should. Technically, be UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, my backup was French too. <laughs> but okay, the the best okay, the better part okay is that I found out Niski's backup keyboard was UK, and Niski oh, speaks French. Maybe so, they swapped them. So Riot said, okay, oh no, actually the referee okay said that, oh no, you've been playing for that for weeks and we cannot change your keyboard. And I was like, can't I just use the other UK keyboard then because it's the same, no? And they were like, no. And then I was like really triggered on my in my chair, and then I was like, no, I can't play like this. Then wait, did you have to play with a French keyboard then? They initially they tried to force me to play with it, but I was like, I was really surprised because are you really like allowed to be forced to play on this keyboard that you've never used before? Because that's pretty much what they were, were telling me. But then you got a different. Yeah, then I, I got mean, the in UK their defense. Keyboard. They have a pretty compelling reason to believe that you played on a French keyboard for the first two weeks without problem. But the thing is, I never used that keyboard, which is why it's so weird. There was definitely uh, seems to be a misunderstanding and a bit of a mistake there. Yeah. It made me laugh a lot because um, at first I was actually mad at you uh, because we had these pauses that kept happening. <laughs> And half of them was because of our PCs for some weird reason. Yeah. And then the other half was just random player pauses for the dumbest things. And then we get this message that Kissing paused because he realized he had a French keyboard after like three weeks. And he was mad about it. And I'm like, what? Like, just get him to play. Yeah, like, yeah. how are we pausing for On this stage, now? trying to figure out what to talk about. And Kissing's up there going, yeah, I can't play with this. Yeah. <laughs> the little picture on the button is wrong. It doesn't work for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm hey, glad if, I'm... if it says something else than QW on ASDF, then no. <laughs> I'm glad we got it sorted. You are playing on a UK keyboard now, yes. I assume. Everything is yes. great. And you don't need pillows anymore because the desk is lower down. Yeah, actually, yes. Because before the desk was way too high, but I've been a new desk. They're like much easier for me, with the, especially with the chairs too. Mm. But yeah, it, it's nice by Riot, you know, to, you to accommodate for short people. 
Riot always taking care that's of good. everyone. That's good. That's how we wanted to end the segment. Yes. You hear that, guys? <laughs> EU production, fantastic. Next level. Variable size desks for variable size players. There we go. <laughs> All right, that's we'll a great here. way to put it, actually. <laughs> Next up, it is our first segment, arguably my favorite segment on many weeks. It is overhyped, underrated. Last week we did players. This week we're going to be doing teams. Uh, and because I remain uninspired, the order will be the same as it always is. It's going to go me, guest, in this case, Kasing, followed by Deficio. But I put myself first for a very special reason this week, and it's because I want to flame you, Kasing. Because I think your team is hella overrated. Is so over now. You gotta give me. I get my minute to, okay. to sit on, stand on my soapbox, and then you can tell me all the reasons I'm wrong. But I look at a team that relied solely on a single player for the first few weeks, and is now solely relying on a different player, an Odawamne, in other weeks. I see generally uh, some very questionable draft choices. I see games lost to unicorns of love, random throws. I see a lot of games where your early game looks absolutely abysmal, and you do not get any leads, and you fall super far behind, and the only way you come back is when the enemy team is not good enough to close. And the only other thing I see is that even now, when I've seen one or two good early games, which you have had with Odawamne and the Camille, you've had some of those, I see a ton of mid-games where you guys just make really bad choices and throw. And so that's where I'm at, man. I see, I see strengths on this team, but I also see so many weaknesses, and I feel like if our middle-of-the-pack teams were just a little bit better, you guys would be at the bottom. Wow. I'm done. You can go. I know, I'm coming in hot, I know. But you gotta, now, what do you gotta say to me? Alright, well, my counter argument is I agree. Oh no, no I'm not arguing at all! I'll remind you, you are allowed to flame me, dude. No one is gonna hold it against you. But I, I just feel like, okay, I agree, okay, some, some days we have uh, had some very questionable executions, in, or execution of like mid-game especially. I feel like that is probably our weakest at the moment, as a team. Um, yeah, maybe some of our drafts have been quite like different. To, to what I would expect, or to what you guys would expect, sorry. And, yeah, I, it's not wrong. I just feel <clears throat> we had the potential, okay? I won't lie, we have potential to be good. Love the potential. Oh, I always love the potential. Just, we just don't want to win. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, what? We just don't want to win sometimes because of the fact that maybe we troll a bit. And when I say troll, I mean, like, we kind of get too greedy. And usually in League of Legends, like, right now, there's, like, a lot of... Mm, hello, okay, I'm trying to make it sound uh, easier. So right now in League of Legends, there's like objectives, right? And the fact that you have to be pretty much know when you can reset, when you can basically like swap lane, when you can base, when you can like go to X, X tower, etc. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I feel personally with the current meta, like it's all about tempo. And if you basically fall behind in tempo, then if you're always like behind the play, then you'll basically fall behind no matter what, right? So... Um, tempo. Yes. Slight little. Uh, I know I'm stepping away from the overhype on the radio. Just, just briefly. Uh, tempo is a word that every pro player and team will use a lot. True. True. Uh, I would say 99% of the viewers don't 100% understand tempo and why it's so important and what exactly it is. Because when you hear tempo, it's like, oh. They are faster than the other team, which technically part of that is what you are referring to. But yeah. a lot of what you're also referring to, obviously, and, and I think maybe you can just explain a little bit to the viewers what tempo exactly is. It's like it's not just about you know being running faster than the other guys. It's how you get the advantage, what it means to have the advantage, all tempo related. So, do you mind thirty seconds 
just kind of break down in a simple way. Than, you can take more than 30 seconds. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. Kind of in a way. That's why I was thinking, you know, like, how does they make it sound yeah, easier? Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. how would you explain if tempo you to, to someone yeah, who's five? Let's say you five. have, like, a, rook, a new rookie player, and you want to explain the concept of tempo. Explain it that way. I mean, I think the whole concept of tempo is pretty much understanding what you will gain for your play compared to the enemy play, whilst also, you know, maybe you're faster or, like, a tiny bit faster, like, five seconds or something. But what you gain from your play is basically... How, like is it better than the enemy play because of the fact that you're like you're just doing that play first or does the play does the play become bad because of the fact that you're a bit later than them and right now in the current meta I feel like tempo is not, isn't only about like being faster on there but like understanding what you're gaining from it and I feel like with Splice's games at the moment yeah maybe our, our mid game is pretty uh, mediocre at best um, I think it's more about us just being really greedy for like trying to get more than one thing for every like reset we do and that's the problem we have at the moment that we're like obviously trying to improve and i think once we fix this issue then we can definitely become like a top four top three team for example but right now i would say we're number four if anything mm. all right you put yourself number four which is actually where we put you last week on our power ranking so now mainly due to reckless mainly due to reckless and because we ran out of other teams which is kind of a way that <laughs> wow. like no i mean like this is honestly the hardest part of making a tier list right now is that like you put the bottom in good you put the top in you're good what order do you put the middle in no idea it's always a giant it's, it's mess a giant mess yeah. because something like last week one team mm. will show up completely and stomp and the next week they'll bomb and do nothing so I, it's it's tough but fourth place i think I feel like you guys might be a little bit lower, but honestly, as the weeks go on, it gets harder and harder for me to tell. Kasing, who's your overhyped or underrated team? Shalka. Is my under... Uh, sorry, overrated. Overrated team. Overrated yes. team. What's up? Talk to us. <clears throat> I mean, I think after playing against them twice... Um, I, how do I say it? <laughs> I can't say in a, a different way that I wanted to, but... Go ahead, well, man. You flame. You can. You can. I mean, I we we outline the terms and conditions here. <laughs> I mean, I just think like they play so so passive, and like it's one thing to like understand, you know, like knowing when to scale and you know playing like for your win condition, right? But with Schalke, they they're not playing League of Legends. It's like they're just playing to basically play, to be on stage to to get to earn your salary. But they're not actually playing to win, mm. and that's what like annoys me because. For a team like that, that's meant to like have decent players like you know Vizichachi, Nuke Duck, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, even Upset and Danda and like Pride. I think that's yeah, that's their roster. And on paper, that sounds really good. But how can you like? How can you be <clears throat> at number seven with this roster? I feel this roster can be top three, or they can be top two even. But from what my own experience of playing against them, I don't feel like they're anyone that like. How do I say? It? They don't. They're not proactive, and that's the problem I have. Do you mean proactive in terms of they're not like forcing fights or more they're not like they're not applying pressure around the map at all in terms of pushing? I or? think their map pressure is pretty bad. Like, I think when we played against them, um, their swap was the only thing that they did good in that game. Yeah, and maybe some some traps here and there on me. <laughs> I think I died once, and I was like, oh. Sh- Oh, <laughs> oh no! They they all here. But... Say shit, dude. It's okay, you're so. I'm, I'm trying my best to not say. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, I was like, oh shit, I I uh, I I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, but um, the thing is, okay, they could be a really good team, honestly. 
but it's just the fact that they're playing so much more different than in scrims because we played them in scrims before and you know I, <laughs> I can't leak any results and stuff but they play way 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 better in scrims than on stage question then this is interesting when you say the scrim part because last year when we had the vitality lineup with vander and nuke dog in it i kept hearing that this vitality lineup oh scrims they look great aggressive fast awesome on stage that vitality lineup if I remember 100% correctly, it was Kaboshot top, yep. Joko jungle, nuke duck mid, steal by gate carry, Vanda support. Mm -hmm. On stage, they were the most passive team I've ever seen. Nothing ever happened other than you casted them for 30 minutes, and for 30 minutes you said, ah, maybe now they will do, no, never mind. Ah, they didn't do anything this time either. Oh, I guess the game is over because the enemy team took Baron and now they won the game. We are like, okay, let's wait for next Vitality game where the exact same thing will happen. Do you think the fact that they have the same combination of two very vocal players in Vander and Nuke Duck, who was like part of this very uh, passive vitality before, do you think that is translated over to Schalke? I mean, I think, how do I say it? It's, it's one thing to play really good in scrims and, you know, pretty much like practice because you want to replicate that on stage, right? Mm -hmm. But I just feel if you're practicing and you're still doing this like for the past year, then something has to change. And maybe not the player itself, but just your, maybe your mentality or maybe your mindset or just how you play the game. Because at the moment, like, I played a New York in the past and he's good, you know. He, I think he's really, like, mm -hmm. really, actually yeah, really yeah. good. But it's just the, the fact that um, when I was playing with him, I just felt he had a very different opinion of how the game should be played. And I feel, I feel like it's annoying because of the fact that he's such a good player, yet I feel... This because of this mindset of like having this one-dimensional way of playing how or how the game's meant to be played, it's a very like season free kind of approach where you basically farm for a late game and like pretty much outplay individually. Maybe, you know, that's that's the way he still looks at it. But I feel like when it comes to team play and understanding, you know, team rotations and understanding what, what you're meant to do as as like what your role is mm -hmm. in the, in this five man rotation, like I just never like agreed with him back then when I played with him in Vitality. Because one of the things we talk about with Schalke was in best of one, a lot of teams do well when they have like at least one player who's like either super clutch or he's like he's like willing to take a chance to make something happen. Yeah. Uh, Caps is a great example from Fnatic. Even Source actually works in this case where you just know that this player will try and do something mm. that can actually change how the game is going. And it's not all just, okay, guys, we need to set everything up perfectly to get this 80-20 in our favor. And if we don't get that, we just don't do it. And we just wait for the next play, which is a bit of a problem for, I think, a team like Schalke. And I think uh, some other teams in Europe are trying to do the same. Where it's like, you don't have to be like the greatest Korean team in the world to win EU LCS. Like, you can actually rely a little bit more on simple comms, uh, one or two strong carries who can make a play happen. And maybe... One or two picks that people don't expect oh, that could I, actually be I, I, useful. I actually really, really like my biggest pet peeve is when a team that is like over married to the idea of a perfect game and like gives up all innovation or individual playmaking in the name of like playing League of Legends by the book. Because if you don't do it perfectly, if you don't play it at the Korean level, people go, okay, they're going to do this really predictable thing that every team does. This guy is going to mess up and we're just going to punish them every time. The splice. Try and play the game perfectly by the book, study 
the best Korean teams ever and copy it. I mean, uh, where would League of Legends be without Koreans, huh? <laughs> it's true. No, it is true. I mean, you should definitely learn a lot from them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we do obviously, oh, every team, not even just us, like every team we try to go for like the perfect playstyle, mm -hmm. the perfect macro, like doing the pixel perfect rotations and stuff. But there's always going to be like some factors that will change it, right? And I think comparing like EU to Koreans, for example, the Koreans have this, this ha they have the right mindset. And that's what I really like about the Korean, like, you know, the style is that they're very disciplined in how they play the game. Like maybe once you play like a, let's say you play a bad matchup, right? And you know, like you pretty much know that you're going to swap anyway, no matter what. But maybe during like in EU, it's like, you know, you know to swap, but you don't do it instantly. Whereas Koreans is like, they're trained like, Every, they've done it so yeah, many times exactly, and everyone because, knows because they've done it so many times it's like muscle memory to them you know? yeah. they just know what to do and I think that's the the difference between EU and Korea is that maybe Europeans are much more inconsistent with the way they play but I feel like Europe can definitely like be similar or better than, than like a Korean team if one the, like how do I say it? you have to be way more consistent and you know mm. like disciplined if anything I think that's the key word here and yeah, that's what will make Europe much better than Korea. Mm. So, the Schalke point. I agree they're overhyped yep. because obviously a lot of us had really high expectations for them. Um, we talked briefly about this before we went live. Like There had been some of their losses where it was like they actually had the game in the back, but then one mistake happens and it kind of falls apart. A lot of their losses. Um, which obviously sucks for them. But even like the last <clears throat> game they played against you guys, uh, they lost early game pretty hard because they made actually really poor like plays around Chachi's stopwatch and these kind of things I mean I think uh, his stopwatch was bugged That's yeah sure. that one cost him a lot but then they actually in the mid game funny enough they got back in the game and they were actually winning they had the play on inhip uh, on top side where you guys were kind of all over the place some yeah. people go mid some actually people... I take blame for that one yeah you, you died at the <laughs> tower there I think it was uh, so all that kind of went wrong and then they make that play on Baron, and you guys have a ward in there. Ooh. They didn't have a control ward, and you guys just collapse, and you kill them and win the game. So that was it. Was a really weird let's, game. Let's also uh, talk about the fact that literally a Jax walked into the Baron pit as casually as humanly possible to take that away. Yeah, I, a lot of things went wrong for Schalke there. You guys, I think, <laughs> aced them or killed at least four of them, and then you just won the game straight yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, if you watched, uh, if you rewatched the team fight, you should see what upset that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he took the entire Galio like combo and everything and then stopwatched and then dies after yeah because yeah, okay. it's just it was so weird because I think he could have won that team fight by himself he didn't uh, sadly been the story of Schalger and upset right now so I do agree with uh, funny enough both of you uh, I feel like it's easy just to Ooh. say teams uh, overhyped uh, it's, also, it's also easy to agree so what do you got for us to fish here what's uh... so I had two <laughs> options uh it splices I mean, yeah, in you, it. You God damn it. I had to pick one. So. Splice. I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, roasting all I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to do Kissing Alone. Man. Uh, this is a one man team and he uh, sucks. Uh, so, I'm going to do an underrated because, again, like last time, I'm the nice guy and you guys are the flamers. Okay. Um, oh, I'm going to say Misfits Gaming are currently underrated. And. So they're six and six. They're tied with Giants and Splice. I think they're better than both Giants and Splice. Uh, I think they're better than Vitality, and I think they can, they can go toe to toe with G two and Fnatic at the top. Uh, this is a team 
who consistently does extremely well early game. Uh, I think they have really good lanes, except for mid, who can fall behind a little bit in the laning phase if he doesn't get help from Max Lore. I think Alfari is always rock solid top lane. I think the bot lane uh, never loses 2v2, um, at least not if they have a decent matchup. I think Hans Sama is uh, a standout player. I think Max Lore and Alfari have gotten a lot better the further we've gotten into the split, especially Alfari is performing super well top overall. Uh, Macro-wise, in the mid-game, they look pretty crisp. It's when you start getting into the early stages of late-game and they have to play around either a big late-game fight or they have to execute 1-3-1, it's fallen apart for them. But I think we saw last week that it's gotten a lot better, except for the one little bad team fight against Schalke. One bad team fight. Okay, yeah. wait. We there were 10,000 gold let me ahead. Let when you're done so we can get in a rebut. Do you uh, want to go first or you want me to go first? <laughs> there are so, I think there's so many positives for Misfits. They need this tiny little thing towards the late game that needs to be fixed yeah. and then they will compete I with agree. G2 Fnatic and therefore they are underrated right now. I, to me, I feel like, honestly, Misfits and Spice right now are so similar in the sense of how they play. They both have, I think, weaker mid laners. They both have, I would say, Misfits mess up every mid-game. Misfits mess up so many mid-games. No, not mid-games. You literally, you, literally, you changed the criteria by saying the early stages of late game. It's just, just I'm going to say they mess up the late stages of mid-game. Yeah, Happy five. Now, they mess up the mid they, they make so many mistakes. And I'm, but they're so good at so many things. They are. I dude, I agree that they are so good at so many things. They are Their early game has been way better than Spice's to bring Spice into it. I think... But they still make just as many dumb mistakes to throw games, man. And I, I think you're right. I will give you this. Maxlor has been improving. I, it's hard for me to tell directly if Alfari's been improving just because I personally haven't been watching him super closely, but I can tell that Maxlor has been stepping up. Alfari's good, man. Um, but I don't... I mean, I think they're exactly where they belong. That That's my argument. Until they, like, start... Consist without consistency, it's so hard for me to give them any kind of. I think they're the third best team in Europe. I think, <clears throat> yeah, third best best of one team. That's for sure. <laughs> yep, I mean, I, I only got best of ones to base it on. Kissing, what do you got? <laughs> I mean, I think they're good. Don't get me. I think Mrs. I can actually be really, really, really good. Um, but I, I. So are they underrated or are they overrated? I know that they, 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 I think they're number three worthy actually. Now that I think about it. Ooh, there it is oh, man, again. Get out of here! I thought we were going on the flame train, kissing. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Misfits are bad actually. Maybe I mean the thought I have is when they played against Vitality mm -hmm. and Jazuki was just like you know killing Senkos one v one. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And he was like so far ahead. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. That but was that's bad. like apart from that, I feel like Misfits as the other four anyway. Uh, aside from Senkos, have been you know they've been showing really really good like performances. Apart from the time they also got perfect gains by. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a few yeah, weeks you know, ago. Yeah, that's yeah, a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. They're not perfect. <laughs> They're not this perfect. This is a team the official thinks is really underrated. <laughs> <Yeah, right>? They're <laughs> <laughs> not perfect. Underrated, by the way. But uh, where do you wait Rocket then? Or does he, are you <laughs> Rocket number one? Uh, yeah, of course they're the best team. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but I mean, it's like okay. I, I feel like Misfits definitely are, uh, they're kind of low-key underrated because of the fact that there they have been some pickups, you know, with being perfect game. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 but they have definitely the potential to be really good. And I think there are, uh, I agree with Dracos, like they are kind of similar to us. Mm -hmm. Maybe not like, how do I say it, in the same way as, as Chris in the mid game, but I just feel we, we both have kind of the same problems. And I think we have a few, uh, not even a few, we have like one more week. I think we can definitely be like, 
much better. Ooh, this could be a hype thing for playoffs. We can have two teams right now who are trying to fix these like one mid game, one like it's late mid game, early late game kind of thing. <laughs> and if they fix that, <laughs> they become really good teams who face off in playoff because one is third and well the other one would have to be number six then. So I guess whatever, four and five, you guys can face each other in the best of five. Wow. And we get to I see. That's my favorite takeaway from this entire oh. segment is is early late game <laughs> no but just when you're into the late game it's like a three <laughs> items I mean, <laughs> when you get three items <laughs> you start playing around baron at like 30 minutes i don't want to give them an an a minus so i'm going to give them a b plus <laughs> b plus plus hey i needed to make this one work the most important part was that kissing the smartest player in europe said he agreed low-key agreed low i'll take the low-key part <laughs> But no, no I, I think, okay, let's say we have to go to like top six, right? Yeah. I'll probably say it's Fnatic, G2, Misfits. I would say us after, but I, like, I don't know who to put for five and six. Well, we're going to find out later when we talk about playoff predictions. But for now, we're going to mm. move on to our next topic and talk a little bit about Kasing and Splice. Kasing, how did you end up on Splice, man? What, what was the process? What was the process like? How did you end up on this team? Um, Actually... It was quite uh, complicated because I basically was... Uh, okay, so you know how Challenger Series was going, right? Yeah. And basically Riot said that they're going to remove it completely. Mm -hmm. So you would think, okay, if the league is being removed, then okay, your contract should be gone, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, some other stuff happened and I was basically stuck for a bit. Mm. I was jailed, if I was saying. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. And I basically had like... Mm, I had gotten an agent mm -hmm. that would basically help me on my behalf because, you know, if I'm like, like basically I was jailed up until the point where the contract, uh, what's it called, where every single contract panel becomes free agent after mm -hmm. a certain period. Yeah. So I had to basically wait for a longer, longer period because my one was a very specific case. Mm -hmm. And during this whole time, I was like, you know, pretty depressed. And I legit thought I would get no team in LCS and I'd probably have to, you know, basically take another break because... Playing in Arby, it was like, it was good, but the fact that we didn't make it made it really bad. Yeah, because that's all you play for in Challenge. Exactly. Right? Like the, the whole reason why I, was, I initially played in Red Bull was like not, you know, the org is like really good because Red Bull was quite, you know, globally known. Mm -hmm. um, but my real reason was that I wanted to basically practice myself or practice being a leader for myself and whichever team I want because I had like four rookies with Mujin, Tao, uh, Magic Felix, and Cedrin. So these were the, the other four players that I played with. And, like, they're really nice guys, you know. And I don't think, you know, I don't blame them for anything. Like, I I, I enjoyed my entire experience. I learned a lot, like, being, you know, in-game, like, shot caller, out-of-game, like, kind of leader. And I think it was more of a learning experience for me, if anything. Like, even though we lost, it's, I feel, I still learned a lot, if, mm. if you, like, if there is anything there. You only played for the summer split for <clears throat> yes. Team RB, and in spring split, where you just spring split, I took a break. Okay, because like during that time, I was thinking if I can't get into like a a top four team that I, that I would consider like we can get, then I felt like it was a waste, and I would rather take a break because I had been uh, had been playing like pro for like what three years at the, mm -hmm. at the time, and I felt I needed a short break because most of the time I wouldn't really see my parents. And during that time, I spent quite a lot of time at home and, you know, just pretty much being there for my, for my parents because of the fact that my dad wasn't feeling so well at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a rough phase on me. So, yeah, <laughs> I've had a lot of I, stuff I mean, going on for the year. I actually really respect that because I think this is like this thing where like a player will play on a top team for a while 
Um, and then we'll, like, go and, like, next season maybe the offer's a little bit worse because the team that was expected to be a top team goes, and they'll just keep accepting whatever offer they can get. And I think it ends up just, like, even if a player's playing really well on a bottom team but that bottom team is losing, like, a lot of people won't give them, continue to give them chances on top teams because they don't take the time to, like, look at that player and how they're performing individually. Plus, I also think it can ruin a player's motivation or drive. Mm. Like, if, if you're doing really well but you're on a team where you just know you're going to lose almost every game, like... It's probably pretty hard to stay motivated and like keep practicing and enjoying playing competitive because I mean that's one of the key things for a lot of pro players is it's no longer just a game like it's a job now and you you don't have to enjoy always playing the game. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do it just because you have to yeah, put in the ten twelve hours. Yeah, you have, you to, have, you to, have to. You have to commit time. to it. And that's like not a life that you want to live, right? Hating your job and. And then losing every game yeah, and yeah. feel like there's no way out, you know that that is that's definitely rough. But for the for the viewers, you know who might be new to professional League of Legends and like um, EU LCS, like mm. I don't think a lot of people know maybe Kasing's history yeah. of the teams you on because like you entered the EU LCS in 2014 on Super Hot Crew, yeah, greatest oh, name ever. <laughs> Actually, it was oh. Super Hot Crew XD, no? <laughs> Super Hot Crew XD. Back then, we had teams called Super Hot Crew oh XD. God. The greatest jungler to ever live, I think, played on that team. Impaler? Impaler. <laughs> UK legend. Do you, do you remember you the lineup? So, hard not to laugh. <laughs> so, the lineup, if I, the lineup, you had Mimer Top Lane, uh, Impaler Jungle. Yeah. <clears throat> was it Selfie Mid? Yeah. And then you had... Or Corey, actually. Was it Corey back then he was called, but Selfie. <laughs> and, uh, selfie and then Corey. <laughs> yeah, he swapped around. Then yeah. it was Mr. Rallis A to carry, yeah. and then you support. That was your first professional team. The UK Dream Team. Yeah, yeah actually, how I started, or how I even got to play in that team was... Um, okay, so I was like... <laughs> I was meant to go to a London Wembley Arena to like... I was a spectator, okay? I bought tickets, literally. Right. With me and uh, my friend uh, Steve, you know? Uh, mm. But basically... <laughs> I got asked like two days before like if I can sub for it because like their support couldn't make because he had exams or something. We were Fela, I think that was his name. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, I guess I'm going to go there anyway. So I might as well just, just play and have fun. And then I went there. I like, I was... Uh, were I, you 17 or? Uh, that was like, that was like four years ago. So no, no, I was I was like 19, 20. Oh, okay. I okay. think I was 19 actually. Yeah. I just finished, uh, I finished, I, I was... Finishing college. Right. And <clears throat> the thing is, when I played on stage, it was like really weird for me because I've never played on a big, big stage. Like maybe like small lands, like yeah. uh, Insomnia or something, like UK lands, but never something like as big as Wembley Arena. And yeah, I, I felt I was like shaking in my chair like, the first time <laughs> I played, you know? <laughs> I was legit like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, after like five or 10 minutes, I, I played decent, I think. I think I played Nami as my first ever competitive game. That's good. It's a good choice. It's a yeah, did some nice bubbles and shit. But and then you get signed by Super Hot Crew. Yeah, they, like, after one day they were like, you know what, we we want you. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> That's how you get into esports, guys. <laughs> Just <laughs> failures, been trapped in Challenger ever since. Yeah, he never returned. Peace, dude. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's weird, you know, because I actually had like a I had exams coming up, so it was <laughs> like you had to t- like I had to take the choice, right? Either you finish your exams or you go to Cologne and pray. And I say pray, I mean like, you know, yeah, yeah, pray yeah. you fucking do your best. Oh shit, sorry. I said that. No. That's the same. <laughs> this is fine. This guy said, said it on broadcast. broadcast. You can, <laughs> that that's a good example that, you should take. You can this. definitely say it on the podcast. Don't worry. Okay, my bad. Sorry. But anyway, um, yeah, I 
I basically had to basically play for my life. Like, but the thing is, I was pretty fucked. Ha. That's fine. That's Just fine. keep going. Just, Just keep going. Like Wait, I'll, I was... I'll go first. I'll go first. Fuck. The fish you your turn. Oh no no, no. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know okay. So basically, I'm I'll... freelance. I can just. <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay. Um yeah so I was, I was just carrying on. So basically, I was I was pretty dumb back then. Like as a support player, okay, I had mechanics, but I was really stupid. And when I when I say really stupid, I mean like legit no no game knowledge yeah, at all. Yeah. I also remember what your name was before it became Kasing. Oh yeah. Which was also a very interesting kind of stupid which name. Which you didn't <laughs> joke about on this podcast. Exactly. People can look up for themselves later. I mean the thing is you know like back then. Like, that was my name in Dota, because I played Dota for, like, five or six years. <gasps> Betrayer. Betrayer? Started there was no League of Legends. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought League invented esports. <laughs> but, yeah, like, after that, I, I was, I think I was, uh, I was pretty happy, because I think we had Miffy as coach for, like, one week, Ooh. or two weeks. Ooh. And I actually learned a lot from Miffy, even though he made, like, he probably doesn't even remember. But, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I remember the way he was trying to teach me, like, how to play, like, what I should do, like you know, that you should be, you should be saying the call, you know, she's saying what to do, because back then there was no such thing as shot call. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just like people saying, you know, knowing what to do. And Miffy was like one of those guys that were really, really smart, but you know, he was also kind of toxic. It was, yeah, it was the time when he got banned. He actually. was banned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at his man, but <laughs> sorry, Miffy, you're listening to this. Um, but like, it was just, I think I'm really like proud to have like had him for that. Two weeks actually because it made me realize what sports has to do mm-hmm. even though obviously after the super crew like they replaced me with nisbeth and then they got relegated in my but anyway that's yeah. not related to <laughs> that went really downhill for them <laughs> but the thing is like i felt he actually taught me in those two weeks more than a whole year of playing solo queue and that's why it's like whenever someone like i think back then someone would tell me just just play a lot of solo key because you know you can get challenger it's, uh, that's fine like it's one thing to be challenger mm-hmm. but it's another thing to actually be smart at your role and understand what you're doing because not many people in solo key let's say in high challenger would like watch replays and like it's weird f- for them to watch replay because you know why would you do that when you can just play league of legends and what are you even watching for exactly like, like what's the point you know oh i missed the skill shot you know <laughs> ah, it must have been a bad play then <laughs> but that's the thing it's like the difference between back then like the skill gap is much I feel like now it's much easier in my opinion because of the way the meta is. But back then you had to know what lane swap is. You had to know like, mm-hmm. you know, what a freeze is. Actually, some people don't even know what a freeze is to this day, but... <laughs> it's not the AD carry. It's an actual <laughs> thing in game. <laughs> but the thing is like, you know, back then there was like much more things that you had to know because yeah. it wasn't like given to you, you know? No one would just explain to you like out of, out of the blue what a freeze is or what tempo is. It's or true. I remember having... Uh... Uh, in this was late season three when the lane swap meta was kind of yes. pretty big, especially in Europe. Uh, I remember having, I think it was a six or seven hour long discussion in the middle of the night, extremely heat, heated argument of just like basically yelling at each other in a team on a whiteboard where we had drawn a <laughs> really ugly summoner's rift, trying to figure out every single part of how we had to do this lane swap. But then, and then you scrim fanatic and they did this thing that made, okay, suddenly we couldn't do this thing we thought we were supposed to do. And we figured it out in the end, but there was nowhere to like learn this stuff. Yeah, your monkeys had a typewriter. Like eventually, you had to <laughs> figure it out. Something like okay, so we did this level one, and then yeah. this, and then that, and then here, and what we got a ward here, and then the jungler's like, no, oh, but if I don't get this pick, we can't do this. You're like, oh fuck, what do we do if we get this other pick then? And like, it was horrible. <laughs> it was a mess. So yeah. it's actually really cool to hear you talk about that again because good memories okay. of but, yeah. arguments. Why, like I think that. why we wanted to start this uh, is 
the Kissing effect. Yes, that's like the this, next. This one. is like the next thing, oh, right? This right. is the next part of this. Let's. What is the Kissing effect? Is it a thing? Or are people just like every time Kissing turns the team? Is it like coincidence? Talk yeah. to me about that. And that was obviously 2015. Ugh. After H2K had gotten into the league, they had Voidel as their support. Yeah. Voidel, after a few weeks when H2K had been losing almost every game, got benched, and Kissing joins out of nowhere. Kissing is back, and it happens to win streak. I mean, honestly, I, I cannot take credit for this myself. I think. Damn it! Ruined. A, a big, a big reason <laughs> for like the Kissing effect, like how it came to fruition, or how like why people know me as as that before, was because of Hyunnan actually. Oh. Like, many people. <clears throat> sorry, many people don't really know that Hyunnan. Like you know, maybe they say that in regular still, like sometimes he plays really bad, right? Or he just gets caught and just does like just does nothing, but. Hyunna has always been, you know, one of those AD carriers that I've had, like, I would say he's, like, one of the best AD carriers I've played with. And I don't say this because out of, like, you know, respect or pity or anything like that, but I legit genuinely think he is one of the best because I know what his potential is because I played with him, you know, so <laughs> I know what he's like. But the thing is just the fact that back then, I would think I was, you know, I wasn't that smart in terms of, like, understanding the game and Hyunna actually helped me a lot in that, that regard. Like, it's weird for me to say this because, like, you know, I'm not on the same team with him anymore. But if, like, if I'd been playing, if I didn't, sorry, if I didn't play with him before, then I would still probably be a like, very mediocre player. And mm. I have him to thank because of the fact that he helped me, you know, understand the game to a higher level, especially in like the 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 newer lane swap meta where like there are some decisions that you know that I wouldn't know or some like cases, and he will obviously help me in, in that case. And I think the fact that he was very vocal and was easy to, to talk to was one of the big reasons why like we shined as an 8-0 team like, after I joined I mean at the beginning I was just a player that wanted to learn I wanted to like pretty much improve right yeah and I didn't like I didn't really get into arguments or anything I just took the took the criticism took took it like a you know <laughs> 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 just took it and basically yeah I felt because of Hyunnan actually that's why we won a lot and even though Hyun had like three supports prior to that, like I think it was Voido. Actually, we will fail it again. <laughs> was he there again? Yeah. God, he's <laughs> showing you? up. He's like, he hate you. No, no, I'm taking his job though. So. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it was AOD. And that was like the C9 Eclipse roster before. Right, yes. And then, yeah, basically, I thought he was a problem actually before, like prior to joining H2K. I feel like, you know, this guy's had three supports and he's looked bad with every single one. So maybe he's the problem, right? But I always thought after that, you know, thank God I played with him because without him, I wouldn't be who I am today. So, yeah. I think that's the whole story for casting effect. So Not basically, it's actually the yarning effect. <laughs> it's actually the yarning effect. It's a lie! <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I like it though because I mean, I think if I, if we had never had this conversation, I just would have assumed forever that you were always a very smart player and a leader. Because when people, when you come into a team, when you make a team go 8-0, I think we, you assume... Something like, you did it's something made you the team give, click, It's easy right? to give per that person credit, right, when they come I, into it. I team. think it's more about, like, facilitating it because what the other... Or what I do different compared to the other support is that I'm very easy to get along with in terms of, like, understanding what we should do. And I can obviously engage. I can just say what I'm going to do, blah, 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 because everyone knows what I'm going to do after without me saying it after a while, right? But during the beginning, maybe there are some players that... Like, you know when you have expectation mm -hmm. and someone else has expectation of what you're going to do, but then if you don't say anything, no one does anything. And then that's the problem in some teams where, like, maybe you're, if you're playing Alistair, right? Or I'm playing Alistair and 
like I'm just walking up to them, you would someone would expect me to engage or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I don't say anything, like when am I gonna engage? Like maybe after five seconds, maybe now instantly, maybe in ten seconds. Like that's the problem with back then anyway. From what I heard from Hyun about you know his prior supports, they didn't right, really right. say anything. But if you're very vocal, it's like it makes the team able to facilitate like discussions much easier. And I think being vocal is just really really important aspect of being a support. I got one last thing about kissing and your history before we move on to the to the new splice lineup. Um, this will also ask a lot of uh, from people on Twitter. You know, when we're kind of figuring out questions for you. Um, you had the chance to go to TSM. This was obviously 2016. After the HK thing was over, you guys went to Worlds and you guys <clears throat> won in five. I think in the group with HK. No, yeah. sorry, with SKT and EDG. And then after that, you leave H2K and you went to play IEM with TSM. Yes. Everyone thought you were going to sign with TSM. What happened? Okay. <clears throat> I want to make it clear right now. There, There is no like Kasing got kicked or like, you know, Kasing is so bad because he didn't get accepted to TSM or something like that. Okay. I just, during that time, like me and TSM, I like when we spoke, I basically wanted to play at IEM just because like they needed a sub first of all. And I wanted to just try out playing in NA. And it, it basically kind of benefited both of us because mm-hmm. you know, I like I wouldn't want to play in TSM or I wouldn't want I wouldn't want them to want me because of the fact that if I didn't even enjoy playing there, then why would they get me in the end? You know, and I would feel bad for them. So what I wanted was just to be a sub, like not sub, but I wanted to play there as a sub to basically you know test the wars kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And if I had enjoyed it, maybe I like in the end would have been, like you know accepted. Like I wouldn't have been so uh, how do I say it. I think I was quite reserved when I was there and I wasn't like, I wasn't as, oh, how, how do I say it? Engaged? Yeah. Or? Like I wasn't as engaged in like some, some of the things that they, they were saying. I was just kind of like going along with the flow. And I think it's different now because I feel if I was more interested in going there, because it's not that TSM was bad, you know, I think TSM was like one of the best orgs actually. Like they were really caring for the players, especially Reggie. Um, People may, you know, I think he's done a lot of good things now, but people back then thought he was like, you know, a very douchebag owner because of like, you know, the past stuff that happened with the H2K drama and all that stuff, right? But I think Reggie was like really respectable when I was there. Like he really, really cared for his players. And, you know, if I had liked NA, honestly, I would have like probably begged him to to be on TSM (laughs) or anything. But I think during that time, I was feeling quite homesick and I wanted to just be like home, literally in, in London family or close closer to London than in NA mm-hmm. and <clears throat> yeah I think after IAM I enjoyed it but I just didn't enjoy like any for example the ping was really annoying for me because I couldn't play like certain champions like Fresh for example like I actually played different in NA than in EU just because of the fact that the ping difference made the difference right because I don't know if like you played in NA right like you know the ping there is like what 90 at the time 60 now I think yeah, it not, is now it's 60 right but before yeah, it was yeah. like 80 to 90 and that was really triggering for me because I can't play these kind of champions basically I can't play skill shot champions if I have this ping and obviously now that it's like it got better after one point like we went to some some bootcamp place I don't know I forgot the name of it but yeah it's just if there's lag I cannot play there that's why I would love to say. So then career. you went back to Europe yeah, instead. TSM <coughs> fans, you need to understand, you could have had this man as your sport, although I have Mithy, which is also exciting, for <laughs> many years. <laughs> but the ping was too bad. Riot, please. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's so weird because it's not just the ping. It's like, I, I really, I wanted to stay in Europe, though. 
because I feel I mean, like you've always been a big supporter of Europe. I've seen your statements on North America a few times. So yeah, I mean, you know. You're like one of those <laughs> proud European players. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, I like NA. You know, their food is great. The, the weather is great. But just the solo queue is terrible. Like, I have to admit, it was just... Honestly, I did not have fun there because the solo queue is like... Okay. <laughs> I was... Like, the solo queue there, I felt like I, pl- I was playing against, like, some streamers or playing with some streamers, and they would troll me. Like, I think some guy was, like, playing Ramus when he was, like, a... Uh, fuck. What did, he, what did he mean? He was, like, only Heimerdinger. Oh, was it Heisendonger? I, I don't know who it was, but he played only Heimerdinger, and he picked Ramus first time because his stream told him to. <laughs> oh. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm losing this one. And yeah, we lost in, like, 10 minutes. So yeah, that's what, that's what really triggered me. That's what, like, comes up to my mind. And then ever since then, I just didn't, like, any. Yeah. But enough. of course, like... TSN though was definitely like a very enjoyable experience and if I had a chance to go there again maybe I would oh but you know that but back then it was not not even plugging it in right there <laughs> Reggie if you're listening like, hey you by the way a really there. good owner <laughs> and a chance and, uh, <laughs> there would be an, uh, an offer <laughs> I'm kidding I love my name by the way really Great president too, sure. Just bring it right up. Fantastic <laughs> oh country. God. Give me a visa. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, now let's focus up on the present. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about the lineup. We've talked about how you got there. Uh, Odo, Cersei, Niski, Kabe, you. Um, what do you think was like the thought process when this lineup was was put together? I don't know how much you know about that as officially like the last one to join the team, but like was this grabbing the best players available? Was this like a dream, a vision? Like, ooh, Kasing, Kabe, together, they'll be unstoppable. Like, <laughs> how how planned out, how plotted was Actually, this? Actually, I had quite a lot of offers uh, this offseason. Ooh, humble bragging, mm-hmm. I like but, it. But the thing is, is like, because of my contract situation, I couldn't like publicly talk to them apart from through my agent. But the thing is, is like, during this time, there were a lot of scenarios that I could have ended up in. Is um, it all European or also North American? Um, I cannot say. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's, I cannot yeah. comment <laughs> on this matter. It's probably, probably SKT <laughs> as well. That's why they took the top lane. They wanted to sing and foul. Yeah, it's probably SKT. I'd be able to answer the question. But if there's anything else, I won't be able to answer the question. So I'm not answering the question. All right, sorry. Keep going. But it's like okay. So prior to the splice roster, I was not the last one. There was it was like discussed beforehand. But um, basically, I wanted to play with Niski, even though you didn't like him, or you don't like him that much. No, like, hey, hey, <laughs> that, that's just blind he's hate good, right he's there. He's a good person, I just think he's a bad player right now. Whoa, <laughs> okay, but basically... Uh, he's not bad, he just has certain I limits mean, on carry yeah, champions. Yeah, you're right, he's a competitive player, so by that definition, he is good, but he is, <laughs> I don't think he is a top mid laner, if you want to say it the safe way. But soon he will be. Soon, okay, alright. So, you want to play with Niski? Yeah, basically, I want to play with Niski, right? And there were some, some choices, and... Some of them looked really good, but then it was basically the other players in those roles. So basically, some rosters could be really good with X player or you know some certain individual players that we think can be good. Mm-hmm. But then the other roles is not as good, and that's the problem with like EU. It's like maybe some individual players are really good in certain teams, but then the rest of the players are kind of like not as good as that right, player. Right. Right. Mm. So that's the problem in, with that I had back in off season and. Splice one was pretty much the best one that you could, well, that I, that I would go for because of the fact that <clears throat> everyone seemed very solid apart from like, I didn't know Zerx at the time. So I felt like, okay, he has some pretty good KDAs. 
maybe a KDA player, maybe you know, <laughs> just 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 playing playing there just to look good. But like obviously after playing with Zexan now, I think you know he's a really nice guy and he can play really good. Actually, he's really like really really good mechanically. And yeah, so basically I started out with Niski, and I think ending up in Splice was probably the best uh, offer out of uh, what offers we had. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, it was it was very complicated. Is all I can say because yeah. I can't talk too much about it. But like some stuff happened regarding like yeah, that yeah. might have involved Riot too. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why <laughs> I can't go it too. Sounds, uh, oh, this. We'll stay away from like the messy contract <clears throat> details. One because yeah. we probably wouldn't understand them anyway. Uh, and two, it's just you know, it's just it's it's here. You're here now, and yeah, that's what matters. You're on this lineup. So where where do you see this lineup right now? We've talked a little bit about it kind of throughout the show. But what do you think is like the biggest thing? That this lineup needs to work on and, and what is the biggest strength too as long as we're talking about it um, so what we need to work on I would say is obviously our mid game our atrocious mid game uh, garbage <laughs> trash <laughs> you mean you late you're late early game. oh yeah early, <laughs> early late game That's we need to work on <laughs> same <laughs> but it's like okay I won't lie we have been showing some uh, interesting decisions in mid game but that's mainly due to the fact that right now I think back then we weren't playing one three one as efficiently and that's the problem. Right now, we're like, I think we know how to play it now. But the fact that before, like, I think during the first few weeks, oh my God, even <laughs> I was like appalled by our own play. But you know, <laughs> I was, because I remember watching the review, I was like, why, why would we do this? You know, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, but, every game was just wait for late game in the end if you guys were going to win. I mean, you know, if I if you have like a pocket zillion pick, then why not? Of course. Especially, but the thing is, okay, I have to give credits to Kobe because some, like, it, when you play with zillion, you obviously have the control of the mouse, you know, with your hand. But, there are some players that just walk into the enemy team with the speed and I get blamed for it. I legit got blamed for it in solo queue because I sped someone to death. And that really triggered <laughs> to be, me. To be fair, I do understand that pain. It is really weird to suddenly get like an 80% speed no, 99%. boost. 99%. 99% speed yeah. boost, yeah. But it's like, Kobe plays really, like really, really good. I think Kobe was like one of the best AD carries that I could have matched up with for this offseason. And the thing is, I've always actually kind of wanted to play with Kobe because I was like good friends with him before that and I played with him in a team back in G2 but this was like Challenger Series kind of G2 mm -hmm. and Gamers 2 <clears throat> Gamers 2 sorry like then, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout out to Carlos <laughs> great name great we missed the old name <laughs> but yeah it's like I played with him back then and I always knew that he would one day be really really good and which he is right now mm -hmm. I think he's one of those players where I could like put my full trust into because he was always that reliable He's not someone that does a woolite, you know, doesn't just jump into the and dies. So. <laughs> oh, I miss woolite. <laughs> Every game was like, he's the European when is he going to do it? Turtle, Where's the woolite? Oh, there turtle. it is. <laughs> yeah, there's always some way he would impress you. The best part about woolite, sidetracking slightly, was uh, you had games where he played super well and yes. you're like, this is the game where he steps up and shows his potential. And then 35 to 40 minutes into it, out of nowhere, he's just recalling in the mid lane, just in the mid lane itself. And yeah. the enemy team walks up and kills him. And you're just like, what? Like, that was a new one, even for Woolite. And it's like... Yeah, cocky movement, by the way. <laughs> he always found a way. Oh I miss God. him, man. He was an entertaining oh player to watch. Oh, God, this is great. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Spice... Good fit. You guys have yeah, played yeah. before. Bad um, mid game. But you're on a bad mid game. Okay. I agree. Our mid game is, is weird, but I feel like it's gone better. Yeah. Um, for, for, From the first few weeks. Because first few weeks, we were still, I would say, new as a team. We didn't really like cover all the aspects of playing as a team. And that was the problem back then. But I feel like as the weeks progress, mm. we have gotten better. I don't know if you've noticed too. 
Um, Slightly, I put you in playoffs for that reason. I mean, they only the show though. As the only one. Yeah. yeah. Unlike yeah. Uh, someone else on our table right now. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. You know what? <laughs> but but <laughs> I'll have a chance to redeem myself yeah, yeah. later, <laughs> he, sir. Here's a question about that mid game because when I look at a team where four of these players, uh, Odo, Zerze, Kabi, Kasing, I'm like, you guys have been in Europe. You guys have already played for at least over a year. You've played mid games before. You have known what to do in those mid games. Yes. What is it then that breaks down so much when it's a new lineup? Is it just that people are not on the same page, people are not communicating properly, or okay. do people just not know and so, they have to learn it? Okay, so basically we had different ideas of how to play the game. Like me, Odo, and Kobe had the same because we are veterans. We pretty much trialed and errored, you know, what the best scenario is for this with the, for the, uh, the mid-game case. Mm -hmm. But for Niski and Zerxe, obviously they're rookies coming into this and we didn't basically teach them correctly in terms of like or not not correctly but they didn't know what the best play was right. they thought a different play was better and then after they just did that and then after it went terrible and like I'm not like saying that they're bad but we just basically didn't cover the full uh, <laughs> the full idea or concept yeah. of how to play the mid game and I think that's one of the reasons why our mid game looked quite shit yeah pretty much mm. but otherwise I think for our strengths, I think actually we played really good as a team in terms of like team fighting. Yes. I think we we played, we know our roles very well and I think Kobe is a really, really fucking good AD carry. I had him on my MVP candidates <clears throat> after week four it's because actually, I was like, every splice win is like, the Kobe needs to play really well in late game team fights and they win. And he did. I mean, it's like, even when he played Ezu, right? Like this useless champion, but you know, I can't, <laughs> I'm not going to say too much apart from that. Um, I just feel he played it really good in some fights, but the champion just does no damage. You know, it's, it's just sad. <laughs> you have to be an LCK team to play Ezreal properly. But that's the thing. It's like, Ezreal, it is good if you can play the style that is, a, that is a required for it. Otherwise, you should never pick Ezreal. Yeah, it's just the whole Misfits way gaming. And they picked Ezreal, right? Yeah. And they lost. Hansama actually is a sick well, Ezreal. He wins like everyone. They tried games. three times. Two of the times they did almost everything correct, but then they lost a bad late game fight mm -hmm. uh, against Vitality, the last game they played. They executed the Ezreal mid-game really well. And Hansama plays it really well. So, is a good Ezreal. Shout out to him and Misfits. Yeah. Um, the, ne the next thing I kind of want to hit on, uh, just to... To get into a little bit more into like the team itself, um, we hear a lot about your support staff. I know Vedius talks a lot to Peter Dunn about like specific things to try to, to try to learn what the splice mindset is and like drafting decisions. So I, I'm curious, what has your experience been with your support staff? How do you feel about the support staff on Splice? What do they do for you guys? So basically, um, <clears throat> our support staff we have like three at the moment, which is mm -hmm. uh, Peter or Peter Dunn, uh, with someone called Mac and Duke. Like Duke is a French, French. Coach for PSG, yeah. PSG's coach, the one that got relegated. That's nice. pretty funny, right? Nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, mate. But the thing is, like, I think he he knows when. Like, what I like about the coaching stuff at the moment is that they kind of know their their role mm -hmm. in terms of like what they bring. So for Pierre, obviously, he brings like pretty much everything. Kind of like you know, understanding of the game, the knowledge, the the pick. Actually, some pick bands are quite special, but <laughs> but like, he does he does a lot for the team. And for Mac and Duke, they basically help individual players. Like, I think the fact that we have two rookies, so um, they basically help Niski and Zuxi a lot with like understanding the game, not just on a macro perspective, but like in-game and out-of-game, like pretty much talking to them a lot, like reviewing with them and pretty much making sure that they're like ahead, like, not ahead, but uh, on the same page as mm -hmm. me and Odo and Kobe. 
because if you have two rookies, you know, if you're, no one's going to teach them, you can't have one coach teaching both of them every time, whilst the coach has to also, you know, help the veterans too, you know, like, if there is something that needs to be, like, uh, what's it called, reviewed on. So, the coaching stuff, not only, like, I think it's really, really good, because of the fact that it gives more time to Peter, as well as us as players, more time to grow, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the big positives of having a coaching staff, or... Oh. More coaching stuff than one. Yeah, yeah, because Splice have very clearly invested heavily into this team. <clears throat> like, there's some big names on it. Uh, uh, we obviously know with signing three coaches, uh, there's you guys have a manager, and then you have a general manager also? Or? Yeah, we, okay, we have a manager, who yeah, a newly new manager, but he was like the general manager before. Uh, it's kind of complicated. But yeah, we have, you have a lot of you people. Have, yeah, yeah. You have two managers. You yes, have, you have three coaches. I'm sure there's some analysts sitting on. Very as well. active owner. You have Marty, of course, very active. <laughs> as very well. supportive of you guys. I respect the fact he listens oh to our God. podcast yeah. and, and he wants to be part of it. So I like that a lot. And specifically, also with, with the team, then and and like my opinion of the Splice lineup when I saw it on paper, I was like, okay, this is a lineup where. I think there is good enough players to become a top team, but I'm afraid they will never become the number one team. Um, I obviously had a lot of reservations regarding Niski and Zerze, <coughs> because Zerze mm. out of Unicorns of Love, like, I, I never felt like on Unicorns of Love that things changed. It was no, always no, like, it, it like, this is how we play, <laughs> and no matter what, we just play like this. And I'm like, maybe there could be, you know, things that Zerze could change, you know, and he could learn a lot of different things about jungling that could benefit him. I mean, um, and I'm sure he's learning that now on Splice. <laughs> just, you should have seen at the beginning what Zerze was like <laughs> with gameplay. <laughs> My God, I'm laughing right now, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was a, it was a mess. <laughs> See, I can imagine that. It was that. a bloodbath every game is like. <laughs> yeah. See, I always feel like that with the former Unicorns players. Like, on Unicorns, they had like this one style and nothing ever changed. The and macro then, is team fight only. Yeah, that was Chaos just it, style. you know? And then when you took them out, you took individual members out. Like, Chachik went to Schalke, Zerze went to Splice. I was really interested in following them, being like, okay, so how do they change now when there's a different environment <laughs> around them? And the same thing won't work of like because thing is not gonna agree being like yes we should play exactly that style that you guys <laughs> played so on fun. unicorns it's, it's, it's literally like, it's like the, every single player is like their own little Leroy Jenkins and when you put them on <laughs> yeah. a new team they're like alright guys we're ready to go we're gonna team fight is 25 minutes is our win condition she's like I'm going in yeah, it's like <laughs> Eight minutes. <laughs> so so there, there were a lot of question marks there also because Niski had only shown the one split in North America, mm-hmm. yeah. obviously, which was... He didn't get to play... He played, like, half the games, I think, and he he mainly stood out in that one playoff series yeah. Uh, yeah. he played. So I was like, oh, okay, this is really interesting like, how he's going to perform. I knew Kobe was going to be good. I thought you actually could sing. I thought people super overrated you coming into it. Um, because... <laughs> I mean, you, you spent a, a split. Oh, I'm just saying, because like coming into this split, I heard people being like, "Yeah, Kasing is back. He's gonna be the best support in Europe." I'm like, "Let's calm down." He was gone for a year, and the last split he played on Vitality, summer 2016, wasn't great. Yes. So you see my roster because uh, I okay. Actually, during that time in Vitality, I got told that my AD carry could speak English, and he could not. Speak English. <laughs> Who's your AD carry then? Police, baby. Oh, police. <laughs> That was really okay, that's fair, that's fair. Holy moly, police! Sound of the police, baby. That was one of the worst <laughs> rosters ever put together. 
<laughs> he was bad in North America, and he still got put on a roster in Europe. I, I, yeah, okay, that's okay, that's fair. That was really Dude, bad. Do they with the Veritas approach? They're like, if Unicorns of Love can turn Veritas into a good ADK, we can turn Police. Let's not call him good. Let's just say decent ADK. Veritas was good by the time he left. He, had, he played really well. At Police was very bad, and I just all I remember was like, okay, Singh didn't show anything. Police kind of explains that. Uh, then he was gone for 2017 spring. Then he played on Team RB. Uh, he was fine when he played Jana. That was all I kept what? hearing. My about, was that's good all too. I keep hearing He's about Kasey. You, <laughs> you know, it's fine. I'm, not, I'm just gonna take it. Just, just give it. It, to it me. was just like Jana, Jana, Jana. Ban the Jana, then you're fine because you carried that game against Schalke, and it was great. Uh, and I was like, and people were like, yeah, Kasey's gonna be the best. I'm like, I just, no. I was like, but Odo. I was like, yeah, okay. Odo always played really and well. You got it backwards. And then it was like Odo. <laughs> Odo was a he, consistent guy. The first guy. game when he played Alawi. Yeah, and then the first game he just <laughs> hard fed and like everything went wrong for Odo Amne. And I was like, but man, he needs to be a carry on this team because otherwise I don't know who's going to be like next to Kabi who can consistently win the games. And I think the thing that's happened now that didn't, that wasn't there in the start <clears> is <throat> you guys can put Kobo, Kobe, that's a mix of Odo Amne and Kobe. You guys, Kobe. Can put, <laughs> yeah, you guys can put Odo Amne on a carry. You guys can actually have Zerze play around him in the early game as well. And then Uramna can become a split pusher later. And that has given you guys another element other than wait for late game and yes. just play with Kabi. So that's a good thing. That's the improvement of Splice. And we're getting the Kabi Uramna main carry show. Kasing is a good support next to Kabi. I like it. And I think Zerze is also getting a lot better. So I think that's really good. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, okay, I won't lie. Week one was a, like a tragedy for us, okay? Like, my God, we played so far. So bad. So so bad, so bad uh, <laughs> in game. Funking so bad. Funking, yes. But the thing is, like, if you compare us to now, compared to back then, I think we've gone way better. And I've noticed the changes. You know, I've just uh, I've noticed the improvement. I like it. I like to hear that the roster is improving. Now it's time to talk a little bit about some playoff predictions. Now, before we get into it. Uh, you so graciously flamed me earlier, so I'll remind people, me and DeFisio have already put some playoff predictions out there from PGL. We're going to be updating them today. We'll make a podcast-wide between the three of us. Instead of our power rankings. Instead of our power rankings. So we will be doing power rankings next week. Don't <coughs> worry. For now, we're going to be doing some playoff predictions. So from PGL last week, DeFisio had G2 first, Fanatic second, Misfits third, Vitality fourth, Schalke fifth, Splice sixth. I had Fnatic first, G2 second, Schalke third, Misfits fourth, Giants fifth, Rawcat sixth. <laughs> I, I don't respect Dracos now. <laughs> Vettius had Rawcat. We're not even dead. Wait, no, quick, quick. Vettius had Rawcat fourth. Let's talk about that instead. Oh, you want to? Wait. No. <laughs> I'm on the bus. You should flame me. We you definitely should flame, should flame uh, right. Vettius. So for that clearly, one. I'm wrong. Also, clearly, Deficio's wrong, though, because. Slightly wrong. I will, I will change. I will keep these. Ooh. All right, all right. Hmm. Here, here's the thing. You would uh, keep him. Here, here's, I think, how we start. I'll change the order for sure. Can we agree on number one and two? Let's start there. For our playoff predictions. For our playoff Our combined playoff predictions. Fnatic, G2. Do we agree that those are the top two? Those are the top two. And they, will they finish? Because that's ultimately the question. This is who is not who's <coughs> going to be the best at the end of the split. Who's going to be one through six at the end of the season? End of week nine. Three weeks out. I mean, the thing is, like, even though Fnatic won against G2, I feel like G2 should have won. So it's kind of weird. I feel like I want to say G2 number one, but the fact that because they couldn't close out and mm-hmm. maybe need some more time, then I would say Fnatic is number one right now. Yeah, I- I'm kind of expecting both G2 and Fnatic to win almost every single game that's left. And then just because Fnatic now have that one win over G2, yeah. and they have a 2-0 in the head-to-head uh 
which will be important in tiebreakers. Fnatic <clears throat> should end number one. G2 should end number two. I think they go into playoffs being extremely close to each other in skill. I think the difference in style stood out. Like, Jesus' early game is really, really good. Um, they have Perks and Wonder and Yangus, all three play out of their mind uh, at the moment. So, I definitely think, like, G2 could easily have won that game. Like, they were, like, 10k gold up. Yeah, but, I think they should have won. Uh, but they just didn't, <laughs> didn't play a good correct. But, like, Fnatic obviously came in with the mindset of saying, okay, yeah, with this draft, we have to right? go late now. Yeah. So, so, Fnatic also... Fnatic fell <clears throat> too far behind, but they knew what they had to do and to win did, the game. They and did they what did their do draft that. is supposed to do. So right, also credit yeah. to them there. But I think these are the two teams who get to the bye week. And uh, that is, for me, almost locked in stone. I don't see them just collapsing and losing a bunch of games now. Uh, so I think for me, the like, Fnatic first, G2 second is how it's going to be going into playoffs. But I mean, yeah, because ultimately, like... Regardless of who you think is in the better team, it's just about who's going to finish first in yeah, this case. Exactay. So okay. Conditions. So Fnatic first, G2 second. Now this everything else I feel like is a mess from here on out. If our predictions are any uh, any indication to Fischio. So saying, is there anyone that you think is a, a clear third place right now in Europe? I mean, honestly, I would actually put <clears throat> three and four is either Misfits and us, but maybe I would say Misfits is number three because of the crisp mid game. Just not their early late game. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on God damn it. <laughs> Thank you to fish you. Uh, three items. I will man. keep saying this from now on. <laughs> Fuck. But I would probably say Misfits third and us fourth because And you think it's also like three weeks down the line. So like Yeah, yeah, keep in mind, mean, keep in mind. Like three weeks down the line, I would like to say we're number three. But I just don't know because, you know, maybe <laughs> I don't know, but you are you're you're hundred percent sure that Misfits and Splice will be in playoffs. The, the order right now for three to six is less important than which teams are yeah, actually I, I in there. I think us and Misfits will definitely be in playoffs. Okay, so I agree that Misfits and Splice will be in playoffs. Agree. Um, I think if you guys had lost two games this week, yeah, I'll, yeah. I've been really scared. If, I mean, like, yeah, okay, if we, if we lost both, then I, I would like to. Yeah, we just would. I wouldn't be here. I'll <laughs> 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 <all> be playing. <laughs> so, um, while you guys are only six and six, and the <clears> bottom <throat> teams are four and eight, so it's only two wins. There's a lot can change there, but the fact you guys beat Schalke, you now have a two-zero head-to-head against Schalke as well, yeah. which can end up being super important in a very tight split in terms of tiebreakers. I think it does, and also with the improvement we have seen, especially with more focus on on Odomne yeah. and Zerse, I think Spice. I'm very confident they make playoff. Uh, I'm not confident you guys are like locked in four for anything, but I, I want to put you in the top six. Drakos, you didn't have them in your top six. No, they made it. They made it. I mean, you guys lost unicorns and that was atrocious, but you also have my biggest grievance with your team was that you played exclusively around Kabe, and then you've recently shown that you can play around Odo, and I don't. I still think you haven't proven it that that's still a viable strategy for you against the top team. But you're doing it consistently enough, and you're executing to that win condition consistently enough that I think it makes you a playoff candidate. I'm skeptical about putting you like. 3-4, like you said, but I think you've definitely made the cut, especially also because Rocket and Giants, it's so like... You think Rocket is number three? No, no, <laughs> it's just like the biggest gamble in the world to bet on them, because like they're... It, okay, so so we move on here. We yeah. have G2, Fnatic, Splice, and uh, Misfits, currently as the four teams we put into playoffs. Now, we have remaining teams... Yeah, yeah. Uh, will be... We haven't, just to be clear, we have not ranked Misfits and Splice. No, no, we're we have not ranked them. In. We're just finding so out the six. Got we it. have Giants, who are six and six and tied with Splice and Misfits at the moment in the standings. We then have Rocket, Schalke, 
H2K, Unicorns of Love. Those are all the remaining teams. See, the weird part is, okay, I think Duo have been improving a lot, though. I agree. I even always took them as my underrated <clears throat> team. Even though they're at the bottom, like, I think mean, I tweeted, like, they've improved a lot because when we played against them in Scrims Parasite before, like, they actually played good. Like, decent. And people may not see them as really good because they're lost, but to me, they're not, like, lost, lost. I think they're good. I just don't know where I would place them because right now, I would say, the, like, the other two teams, right, for the five and six to make playoffs, it's either between Schalke, Ewell, Rocket. I don't know about Giants and Rocket because these two teams have been shown some quite troll stuff. But Giants, so Giants have a six and six record now. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter if you have six and six if you can still lose like two or three games and right. can win. I mean, there is a buffer obviously in the fact they have two more wins than some of the bottom teams. But are you very confident that this Giants lineup over the next few weeks are going to lose most of the games? I mean, the fact that they lost the H2K like. It's quite to be fair, that game was won. <clears throat> what did Tarek win Muramana? He's trolling so hard. Yeah, because he I thought agree. he won the game in 20 but minutes the like game, the rest of us. Yeah, they, then they he, were he winning that game. Again, then, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, that game was over. Like, it was it was basically over. They, yeah. were, they were literally knocking on the Nexus door. They've been winning the game for the... Since early game, if I remember 100% correctly. No, they won. They hard yeah. won. They, they, hard they were won like, a losing early game. They had no issues against <clears throat> H2K. I mean, I think that's just... Mainly because uh, H2K bot lane kind of trolled 2v2. Really, yes, they really got hard. completely like, crashed, they, they got uh, destroyed by Kalista for Steelback. How do you lose as Zyra? Oh, yeah, because the Giants played double scaling and then Steelback <coughs> was their only early game. And Steelback was 3 0 after like 15 was three, minutes. Steelback was 3 0. Oh. That's true. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> you say like you're quite. Uh, <laughs> I am quite surprised. Steelback is not an aggressive player, dude. When Steelback gets three kills in the lane, I, maybe Steelback is a god for one game, maybe. But I think history has shown us that it is more likely that people have ran into him at the wrong time. Yeah, FNC Steelback was uh, appeared on stage. So, uh, Kissing, <laughs> pick your favorite out of their five remaining teams. Or so there should be six remaining teams. Oh, it's Vitality. I'm forgetting Team yeah. Vitality in this one as well. Vitality playoffs. They have seven wins already, five losses. They are on a four-game losing streak. It is currently uh, a hype train that has not only fallen off the rails, it's also it's turned into like a complete mess. <laughs> the question is, mesh. where did it fall off the rails? Did it fall off on a bridge and they're just gone forever? Or are they like off on the side and they can put it back on the rails? I think it's like, you know, it's up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's falling towards the edge. It's not fully falling off the mountain yeah. yet, but we are close. Like, there's a few players, like Jizuke hanging on, where he's kind of grabbing onto the side of the mountain, yeah. and then he's holding the train on the uh, other I side. Like, it's like that scene in Spider-Man, where Spider-Man's like yeah, trying yeah. to hold it to the edge. That's <laughs> Jizuke go. right he now, trying to hold the train. He's holding it right now, and <laughs> some of his teammates are, instead of helping him, kind of poking him a little bit. <laughs> You know, threatening to hit him a little bit. It's in, okay. Cobble will carry this game. Like, you can take last. They're, they're trying to pull the train. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, it's okay. Let it go. Let it go. And he's trying to pull it back in to keep it on, on the track. All right. Elaborate <laughs> metaphor aside. Fantastic, though. Love it. Oh, my uh, God. So that's Vitality. That's where the Vitality situation is at without any League of Legends description. But that's fine. So let's talk about it. Like, who actually, who else is going to make it in? Yeah, who's Misfits the favorite twice? of these six teams? I think Vitality needs to be one of the favorites because they have seven wins. That, I think that's... I mean, that that's not an excuse. No, Giants can win <laughs> one more game and have seven wins, dude. Giants yeah, can if win Giants one didn't throw yesterday, Giants would All also right. be 7-5. <laughs> so, but the, I mean, that win buffer must count for something. I don't think Vitality... I actually think Vitality right now plays like the worst team in the ULCS. 
Yep. But you know why, right? Please. Oh, I mean, I think teams have kind of figured out like how they play, especially Aquilius. Um, they pretty much abuse the fact that because he's very like gank oriented jungler, you basically have to just like not die to his ganks, and then he basically he spends too much time ganking and then doesn't farm. And I think he falls behind in farm like quite a lot. I don't know if you have a stat for that specifically, but from what I've seen, like he's never he's always the one dying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because his team tells him to just go in and die, or if he makes the decision to go in. Right, because I I think um, another problem other than the <clears throat> the jungle or the ganks not working now is Jizuke uh, hard carried on Zoe and Rise, and when you play those two picks, which are now banned close to every game against them, or at least taken away. Mm. Uh, they could like hard camp around mid, get an advantage for him, and he could just like take over the game. Uh, Kabushak got counter picks in almost every game he played, almost never won his lane. Uh, he would then pick like some scaling on his side sometimes, and then in the late game, he would just end up team fighting with it anyway. And it like it wasn't really the reason they won, like the Jax pick that he had against some tanks. I would rather have the tank in the late game than the Jax. Yeah. Uh, and bot lane, while they have had some games where they got good lane matchups and got up in like CS, they almost never took the turret other than the Zix game they played. Uh, yeah, where they went. Got a bit surprised that game. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> funny enough, level two uh, gank two, <laughs> where they absolutely demolished Bot lane. So right now, it feels like Vitality. They need a lane they can play around that can win really hard that Gilius can play around because <clears throat> it's not mid anymore because the picks are getting removed from Dizuke. Yeah, and he has to kind of wait for the lane phase to end before he does something and. The team just falls behind in the mid game. But don't you think Jazuke is really good in like snowball champions only, but not on scaling champions? Because when he played like his Azir was yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty bad. Like, I mean, his I don't think he's bad. I just think he doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like it's one thing to know what you can do. Like it's like playing Tristana. You know, if you have reckless Tristana compared to anyone else in EU, it's much more different. Just because of the fact that he knows his champion in and out, right? Sure, sure. I, I just think that it's like it's it's hard for me to say that Jazuke isn't as good at scaling champions, but it's clear that the team cannot survive long enough without him getting leads for him to actually play a scaling champion. Yeah, but if it actually shines more on the snowball champions. In that case, that's basically saying the entire team cannot play League of Legends then if your mid laner doesn't win. I mean, the last four games, uh, they've lost pretty decisively in almost all of them. And now they... The pick and ban phase, I have no clue what Yamada Cannon is trying to do at the moment. Uh, they have this mindset of they have to counter pick as much as possible, but the counter picks they have are typically not something that stomps the lane really hard, but then, and then there's no synergy between the counter picks and the uh, comp. Like, is, is, dude, it the, is it the win lane win game uh, strategy? And then <laughs> you would think so, right? When they pick the Rumble, they pick the Rumble yeah. top of the and then they pick Cassidy with the Rumble. I'm like, wait a minute, wait. So do you want to win lane and win fast before people get locked and and all that kind of stuff and Rumble kind of falls off? Or do you want to wait for the late game where Cassidy can take over the game? And they just picked both of them together. And I was like, wait, what do you want to do here? So they ended up winning topside a little bit, but they couldn't snowball the game because they had Cassidy. And then they just lost every team fight against Misfits in the mid game against an Israel. And I was just like, oh, this game is over. Okay. So that was really weird. I, I agree. But there's so, I mean, do they still make playoffs? That's my question to you, because that's ultimately what we're here for. They have tons of problems. I think Vitality will make playoffs, but as the number six team, and not because they're good, but because they only need to get one or two wins more, and people should be able to catch them in the top six. That is an estimate, of course. Not 100% confirmed. I think we could have some very. If you have nine wins, I think you are pretty much locked in top six. 
Oh, is it? I mean, if you have no, nine nine. That's not. You I shouldn't think, say that, dude, because you don't know. No, I'm saying. It will, <laughs> I would be very surprised I if mean, the bottom four teams, if any of them also had nine wins. So I, that's just, I just don't, I'm guessing, I, I just, I'm guessing. To be clear for the viewers at home, the only reason I'm being a stickler about this is because we don't 100% know, so you shouldn't assume that because your team is 9-9 that they're now, or that they're approaching 9-9 that they're locked, or that they have 9 wins and they're locked, right? But 9 wins is definitely a, very close to locked, but we could also end up with some super crazy tiebreakers because of how close the standings fair, are right fair, now, fair, so fair, that's fair. the only reason I'm hesitating. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, do they, do they make playoffs or not? Kissing. Vitality. Do they turn around? Dun, dun. I actually think no. Okay. So I'll tell the auto playoffs in the Euphoria playoff okay. prediction. Right now we have Fnatic, G2, they're locked in. Misfits and Splice are waiting for a spot. Vitality are out. I'm going to agree with Kasing. I don't think they're going to bring it back together. I think Rocket are out. <laughs> I don't think Rocket will make playoffs. <laughs> um, but uh, if, if the Rocket don't make playoffs, who will? Well, then we're looking at Schalke, Giants, H2K, Unicorns of Love. I don't think H2K are making it. I think Unicorns of Love. <clears throat> I mean, I, I have a feeling you know, UFO will, which is yeah, is me bugging too. me because I feel like if I say this and this is like the best prediction of all time, then then you know I'll get like maybe a, a slap on the wrist or some shit. <laughs> I don't know, but I low-key feel like UFO may go playoffs just because of the way they're playing. I think they're playing well. I think even though they have Exiler. I- I well, he's good he's half kinda, the games. He's, yes, he's 50%. <laughs> oh, okay, so you get free... Okay, that's, that's Look, fine then, I guess. I'm I'm personally... I think Giants are still going to be there. Actually, six, yeah. Because they're 6-6, six, six, and I think that they're good enough to beat all the teams that are struggling, even if they're struggling to find consistency. The fact they lost to HK will really hurt them, though, because that that's was true. technically one of the, the easier wins for them. Um, their upcoming schedule is going to be very tough. Uh, after they lost it like they still have they have Fnatic left they have G2 left so I'm going to count that as two losses they have Misfits left as well they have Splice left they have to play like those are the four teams we just locked in playoffs Giants still need to play those four teams uh, there's there's a chance that is four losses for them yeah but they're the remaining team here unless we think H2K is going to get playoffs. no I I actually agree I think for me it would go uh, Fnatic, G2, Misfit Splice make it. And then I'm going to say Giants. And I'm going to say Schalke makes it. Mm-hmm. But I would not be surprised if Unicorns of Love took one of those two spots. For me, it's Giants and Schalke. And they're hanging They're hanging on. like They're not by any means ah, guaranteed in I here. I kind of want to say with Kasing on Unicorns of Love making it. But I, forgot, I honestly forgot about Schalke, which is not a good sign. I mean, I feel like, okay... I agree with Division's top four um, with Fnatic, G2, Misfits, We made that one together, baby. But the thing is, number five and six, I feel like, okay, if Schalke actually play like they do in scrims, they could be definitely number five. Otherwise, they're going to be hanging on to number six. And I feel like the other number five or six could be either Giants or UOL. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to do... <clears throat> I think we... Schal- can we say Schalke fifth? I think Schalke fifth and UOL sixth. Or Rocket. No, not... I mean... Okay, UOL then. UOL yeah, over Rocket. Okay, UOL then. You know, I actually can't believe I'm saying this because oh, I would never... I'm writing it down because I agree. And we have a majority <laughs> and that's how this show works. So what do we got? All right. So to round out our playoff predictions, uh, post week six, Fnatic in first place, G2 in second. We have Misfits in third, Splice in fourth, Schalke in fifth, Unicorns of love in six. Giants, Rocket, Vitality, they're gone. 
I, 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 Schalke will play Giants. I think that game might end up deciding which one of those two teams make it. Like, I am not convinced Schalke gets fifth place in this league at all without not, their playing. I agree with the talent and all yeah, that kind if, of stuff. I said they'll get fifth if they don't play like what they how they did on stage. Fair. That's why it's a prediction. Man. I mean, it's it's a good list. It's a good list. I mean, if Schalke not there, then Vitality will probably be there based on the wins. All right. There you have it. That's the playoff the predictions. The list from the Euphoria podcast featuring Kasing. Now we can move on. All right, next up is Quick Shots, our Quick Fire Prediction segment. Uh, I'm going to say a matchup. going to say go. You guys are going to tell me who wins. Now, keeping up to date. Just say the, just say the team. Okay. That's all it's going to take. But just to update people on scores, uh, Division <clears throat> Reckless actually tied last week 6-6 six and six for predictions. So there is still a pretty big deficit in the favor of Deficio after the absolute failure of Alfari. Sorry, bud. So Deficio leads <laughs> 29 out of 40. To 26 out of 40 for the guest. Ooh, the guest almost on 50 50. That's like flipping a coin. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's, so, that's going to be tough. To be fair, yeah. Perks got four out of 10 first week, but the Fisher also was terrible that week. All right. Impossible week one. This week, we have a few more matchups ready, so I'm just going to start running through them. All right. H2K versus Unicorns of Love. Go. UOL. You got to wait for the go, but that's fine. You I got UOL too. Sorry, sorry. Rocket versus Giants. Go. Giants. Giants. All right, Schalke versus Vitality. Go Schalke. Damn, dude, the Vitality hype train is gone. Splice versus G two. G two, baby. Oh, there it is. Only Splice. <laughs> oh wait, can I change it to G two? It's too late, baby. It's gone. Misfits versus Fnatic. Go. Fnatic. Fnatic. Ooh. Rocket versus Splice. 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 Easy. Giants versus G two. G2. G2. Oh, yeah. it's going to be... We, we're going to get the same. H2K versus Misfits. Misfits. Divisio, you're copying me. No faith. Fnatic versus Vitality. Fnatic. Man. Ah, we're so even. <laughs> so even. Wow. Unicorns of Love versus Schalke. Unicorns you, of Love. No, oh, I was going to say Schalke. No. <laughs> actually, actually no, I'll take Schalke for that one. All right, give him Schalke. Maybe, okay. maybe they stop choking and we win. Oh. I will win from them. I'm going unicorns. Okay. Uh, well, there you guys are almost identical. You have two different ones. One is Splice and G2, and the other one is Unicorns of Love versus Schalke. Now, I'm going to guess that if we had to put some stakes on something, it's going to be Splice versus G2. The question is what? So, Deficio, what have you got? What are you, what's your stake idea? So, uh, there was a guy on Twitter uh, who came up with a great idea of if I lose this bet, so if Splice win the game, I will interview Kasing on broadcast live... And the only thing I'm allowed to do with my questions is praise kissing. So whenever I ask you a question of anything, I need to make sure I'm praising you doing that question. Yeah, that sounds good. You're, seems fair. You're fine with that one? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and just to be fair, because we actually haven't confirmed this with our producers yet, we will make sure this interview happens. I cannot guarantee it'll be on broadcast, but I can guarantee we will record it and put it on the internet. We'll definitely try and make it happen <laughs> on broadcast live. Um, it will happen, guys. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we can make it work. Now, if G2 wins, which is effectively a 98% uh, you know, chance that, oh, 90, okay. that that happens, um, <laughs> what I suggest is that Kasing gets his entire face painted with a Danish flag. See, if it's my entire face, I don't think I can do that. My face can't fit the Danish flag, you know. It's just... It's a, it's a big flag. We don't have all to right. do the entire <laughs> face. All right, all right, all right, all right. Instead of your entire face, we get one on each cheek and one on your forehead. It's a simple flag. Oh my god, that's a triangle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's an Illuminati Danish flag. <laughs> 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 but actually... I'll do it with two cheeks. Dude, both cheeks, not Danish my, flag. Not the three. 
<laughs> I'll take two. Fish two of those. up to you, man. You're the one making the wager. I feel like uh, because the odds are so heavily in my favor with G2 yeah, beating yeah, Spice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can accept you getting away with only two flights. Now this is for the sa- the following day. This is for the Saturday because the, the game's Saturday on Friday. Okay. Wait, all right. Okay, we're good. You're yeah. fine with that? There's I'm done, I'm done. So we have the uh, very lovely interview with Kasing in the event of a Spice win where we praise Kasing because clearly it will be all his genius and his wonderful play. Deficio doing an interview too, which will be great because I don't think that we've ever had that Actually, on broadcast. Have you, have you ever done the interview before? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait. <laughs> I right. did one long time ago with a guy called Dreams. It, that was oh, not great. Fun. All right. Not the player, otherwise, the manager. Otherwise, Kasing is going to have to get two Danish flag painted on each cheeks by our each cheek by our lovely makeup artists and then we will uh, put you on stage with Danish flags and people will get to see I mean Kobe will like it I know yeah there you go you're so. lucky at least you're on a team with a Dane I might <laughs> if I can still find my giant Danish flag I will also have you take that one on stage really and put it on your chair I mean, oh that's my. not part of the bet so if you want oh to do my that, god you find that part as well yeah I mean, you know what, go on. Uh, good, good, good. Yeah, that's go good. That's what we I like. I think we might have it backstage, still. There you have your wager, and so that rounds out the regularly scheduled programming for the week, but we do have one special tidbit to add here at the end. Now, we asked Twitter for a lot of questions. Uh, Deficio actually asked Twitter for a lot of help, so thanks to all of you who sent in suggestions for what the bet would be this week. Uh, and we pulled out, there's a ton of questions, actually, but we pulled three out that we thought were really interesting. Um, and so we'll just jump right into them. They're going to start... A little more complicated. Well, actually, we'll just jump around. All right. So, Damian Wells asks, at Irkkin, I-R-K-E-N-N, aside from yourself, who do you see as the top three supports in EU individually? Ooh. That is... uh, That's that's a bit hard for top three. Not including myself, right? Not including yourself. So, who are the other three best supports? You can say me. My brand is good. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, can you wait? Who are the supports at the moment? So there's Hillesang, Wadid, uh, Jack Troll, Jack Vander, Trolls, Mickey, Mickey, Vanda, Noskaran, Sprato, and Totoro. Okay, I think I would probably say top three, I would say, right now. I mean, it's between Mickey, um, Hillesang, Wadid to a in extent but like when I watched him against Fnatic I feel like there were many times he could have like just pulled the trigger but he didn't mm-hmm. he said that himself after the game ah, okay. Well. he actually agreed with you because so. I feel like if he had pulled the trigger he could have won them the game mm-hmm. but th- like maybe it's just a mistake you know And otherwise I would probably say I don't think Vanda has been that good in my opinion and Togemas after he bought Murumana I don't respect <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Jack Troll, he's been serviceable, but nothing special. Noskren, actually, Noskren has been good. But I agree. I just don't know where I would put him. Like, because this is top three, so it's, it means a lot, I guess. I would actually say Mickey first, mm. Hillesang second, and third, I'll, I want to say Wadid. Yeah, I think I'll probably say what it is. I don't think Bella's cool. supposed right. to the same. Interesting list. So, including you for top four, we'll just say. So, Hillisang, did Mickey, you. I mean, that's all the top four teams. The top four teams have the top four supports. So that works out nicely. Oh, but then you definitely make a case for Nascar. And I also think Vander's been fine. I mean, he's he's been fine, but the thing is, like, if you're not... If your team is so passive and you're not the one doing anything as a support, then what are you doing? 
And that's my question. It's like, I can understand if he was actively trying to make plays, you know, and if he's trying to do something on that team, then fine. I would actually rate him as, like, I think he's, he was decent, you know, and he's good. But he's just not doing anything on stage. And I don't know if it's because of this whole, like, mentality that you have to scale for late game, you know. You just have to wait for the enemy to make mistakes and then hope for the best. But I don't think it's... It has been that good. It's interesting. We'll see. Maybe maybe you have a different list at the end of the season we can follow up. But maybe, I want to go yeah. on to our, our next question from Shakarez at Shakarez. You may know him. Uh, also known as Kalebot. Yeah. When uh, <laughs> when did Kasing start maining Zillion? And is there any specific uh, reason, presumably he meant to put that in there, why he started playing that champion? Okay. So <laughs> it started with... Uh, Okay, so no one played Zillion support back then, okay? No one. Like, people didn't even know Zillion was a champion, okay? And I started back in Season 2, the game. And I basically played Zillion as, like, a fun champion. Like, I, I was trolling, right? Mm-hmm. And I picked Zillion because I was like, you know, I want this guy to lose because I'm going to pick Zillion. And then, actually, it went, went really well. So you tried to be toxic and you <laughs> failed. Yes, <laughs> it went really good because Zillion was actually quite funny. Like, his jokes and his laughs are pretty fucking... <gasps> it's fine. Just no, keep going. Like it was pretty funny to to play him, right? And then ever since then, I've I've, I've loved this champion. Like back then when he had this uh, this speed that was like five point five seconds. Uh huh. And you know it's crazy. Did you play Groovy Zillion? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I did had no money back then. Oh, I wasn't a pro player <laughs> back in season two. Yeah, <laughs> I was not rich. <laughs> Actually, I never spent any money. Like I actually I spent money to gift my friends rather than for myself. Wow, you're you're on. What a nice Simon. guy! Except if for the fact you wanted to play Zillion, you tried to yeah. troll Zillion. I would be like, Damn, I mean, you it was, are, I picked Zillion because no, I thought you know I understood why I try. I tried and it. then it just stuck ever since. And whenever you have a chance, you pull it out. Or I mean, I just felt like Zillion was has always been a good pick because of the fact that his passive like back then used to give EXP globally, and I knew that this was OP in solo queue because. If if you're level two first and the enemy's not level two, and or they forget, then they can lose the lane just from that. And back then there was a lot of like snowball champions like Riven, Aurelia, these kind of champions that want to kill people like Renekton even and Elise. So yeah, I, I felt like Zillion has always been a fun champion. And I always knew that it could be good, but no one was like ballsy to try it. Everyone was very like meta sheep. And what about now then? I mean, I think Zillion is still good, but no one can pull it out pull her pull it out like how I do because of the fact that mm. when you saw Spreadtle. I think the first time he did it was Comet with Zillion, but I felt like this was such a waste. Like, you have Aerie, which, like, Zillion attacks with his AAs, you know? He doesn't just use spells. And the bombs, they proc with every single Aerie, so why would you not go Aerie anyway? And I just felt Comet, maybe you get, like, 20 more damage, but mm-hmm. the cooldown is, like, 10 times or 5 times more longer. And Aerie actually benefits with Arden and stuff, too, later. So, and I just think Aerie gives you so much more. Yeah, it's a good look. I love it. Context in the zillion. That's going to do it this week for us, though, for Twitter questions. I know we only got to two. We'll try to get to more in the future. But we talk too much. We talk too much. And as it turns out, Kasings is not just here for our broadcast. So we're going to send him back to his team house to get started for scrims for the week. That is week seven of the EULCS. <laughs> it starts on Friday. It features a match between Splice and G2 where there are some very clear stakes involving face painting. It's true. And really biased winner interview. <laughs> and we have to, of course, cut it a little bit shorter because Kasing was a little bit late today because he was sitting okay, so in Kasing his room. <laughs> he was sitting in his room waiting for the taxi driver to hey. ring his doorbell instead of just, <laughs> you know, walking down when a taxi is supposed to arrive. He All was right. literally waiting oh for someone. Okay, you know what? I okay. fucked up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to comment on it more. Uh, All right. 
It was a hectic day, folks. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with another episode. Enjoy week seven of the EULCS. We'll be casting it. We'll be there. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. It's there. Let us know what you think.